Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Everybody and welcome to the Real Deal, with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I'm always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests, and I got to tell you, today's show is a winner. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick her brain for your benefit. Quite honestly, for my benefit as well. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs or through Powerful Words Character Development, All Star Cheer Sites, or the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of being able to set boundaries in your workplace, right? Well, the show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. She's got a ton of valuable information about what I consider to be one of those keystones between not just success and failure, but sanity and insanity at the end of your day. So strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. We only get one ride in this merry-go-round, and uh, we want to make sure it's one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Kimberly Seltzer is a makeover and confidence expert therapist and dating coach based in Los Angeles. She utilizes the unique combined use of therapy, infield date coaching, NLP, and styling to help people with their confidence in dating life. Kimberly helps men and women update and discover their personalized image through wardrobe consultation and assistance in purchasing clothes that fit each body type and lifestyle. She developed her own wing gal approach with clients doing infield work, working on body language, first impressions, styling, and communication, and how it impacts confidence and attraction. She's enjoyed opportunities on the radio, TV, and on the web. Kimberly was the 2015 co-host and lead love expert of a traveling dating show, The Great Love Debate. She also frequently co-hosts The Art of Charm a podcast with Jordan Harbinger and another one, Full Disclosure, launching soon. You can also see her in a new cable reality dating show, The Romance. Kimberly enjoys speaking and giving seminars such as being the keynote speaker for Neutrogena National Matchmaking Conferences, eHarmony, and iDate. Kimberly just launched her new annual conference series for men and women, The Makeover Blueprint. She's an advisory board member and dating expert for a newly launched program, XOXY.com. Kimberly is a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, DigitalRomance.com, WorldLifestyle.com, and Your Tango, and is featured in Cosmopolitan Magazine, Ask Men, Fox News Magazine, Red Book, Washington Examiner, and Yahoo Shine. Kimberly, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Oh, good to be here. So, listen, before we officially get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you yet or hearing you speak, take a second, if you would, share your story with our listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Kimberly Seltzer? 
Yeah, who is that masked woman? I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I'm always smiling when people read my bio because it's kind of it's like a mouthful. But really, the reason why I'm so passionate about doing what I do is I love the power of transformation because I had my own story of transformation. So what drives me to do this, why I'm passionate about doing it, is because I've been through it. And, you know, I, it kind of the... The story goes, the short version is I was this housewife in Chicago and I thought I was leading a leave it to beaver lifestyle practicing as a therapist. I pick up and I move to this foreign land called Los Angeles and I decided to do what all the other LA people do and that is get a divorce. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously there were like other issues going on in this little story here, but you know, I think everybody has a time in their life where there's a fork in the road. You know, adversity happens and you're trying to figure out what your next move is. And that's where I was. I mean, at that point, it was a very low moment in my life. I mean, if you saw me then, I did not look like a very confident person. And, you know, the stuff you heard on my bio, that just wasn't me. I was wearing oversized clothes, nursing bras, Birkenstocks. I had two young kids at the time. I had, you know, I didn't want to practice as a traditional therapist because if anyone had come to me in that moment, I would have said, you think you have problems? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me go on the couch for a second and tell you about mine. Um, I was in no way, shape, or form ready to like even see the world or deal with the world. And you know, a couple things started happening, and this is really the, the power of transformation, how my confidence grew so that I created opportunity for myself, is that I lost a bunch of weight, right? And I, I didn't even realize that I had because, you know, I was going through all the stress. And, and then I looked at my wardrobe. I'm like, all right, this is not happening. If I'm going out into the world and trying to, like, get a job or attracting a man, this outfit, this muumuu that I'm wearing, that just is not going to cut it. So I went shopping and this woman came up to me and she's like, you know, I can kind of see you in this dress. And she holds up this red dress that looked like three sizes too small. And I looked at her with a crinkled nose and I said, you know, that's really sweet of you. It's kind of not me. And it's kind of not my size. She looked at me and she says, it kind of is. And it is you. So I'm like, uh, okay. So I slip it on. I look in the mirror and you know what? She was right. I didn't even see me before until that moment when I saw me in that red dress. And so I decided to buy the costume. I walked out into the world and a lot of things started happening. I mean, I'm not saying it was just the red dress, but it definitely helped, you know, and <laughs> that I got attention and I started feeling more confident. I'm like, you know, there's something to this. And being a therapist, I knew that there was a symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner, but I didn't realize it until I experienced it. And, you know, kind of everything went on from there. And then I was obsessed with that show, What Not to Wear. And I saw these people that were happy. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to have people be happy, just like how I'm finding my inner happiness. And so that's kind of where the story like ended my old life and the new one began. And that's what makes me tick. I love seeing the power of transformation. There's nothing like seeing a woman or a man put on a new pair of clothes or walking into the world with body confidence or changing communication patterns or setting boundaries so that they get different results in their life. I love this <clears throat> so much about this is, is it's so needed in today's society. So this is, this is fabulous. So 
clearly you have a unique approach in helping people. Um, tell me more, if you would, about you know what you do. How do you combine you know therapy, coaching, and image consulting? It seems like a it seems like it, it makes sense, but but how do you do it? Yeah, you know it's interesting because people when I first was you know, kind of getting into this image consulting things. And I was doing makeovers on friends and family. People said, you know, just pick one thing and really cultivate that like a niche and then just do that for your business. But what I was finding is that as I was doing makeovers with people, that there was so much more to it. And, you know, people were having breakdowns in the middle of Bloomingdale's and anxiety attacks. And people started talking about their past and messages they got growing up from their parents or, you know, their peers. And I'm thinking to myself, if thank God I'm a therapist. Thank God I'm a therapist. Like, what would, what would I do if I was just a stylist throwing cookie-cutter clothes on people? So... I realized that for me, in order to really help people, I like to look at them holistically. So after training with the top image consultant here in L.A., and really understanding the whole styling piece, and after becoming a dating coach and working with people in the field, in their life, in real time, and drawing upon my experience as a therapist to do an inside-out approach and helping people look and feel their best and break those patterns. That's when it all synthesized. That's when it all came together for me. So when I work with people, I do phone coaching, but I also do these in-person experiences, which is just amazing to me because, you know, one of the frustrations, I'll be honest, as a therapist is that People can talk, like you and I are talking, we all can talk. People can passively listen, people can intellectually know what they need to do to change, but very few people take that and put that into action. And I love, like, a lot of your audience out there is into, you know, um, hands-on stuff. And that's that's my approach, too. I mean, the biggest way to learn and to change patterns is to immerse yourself in real time. So when I take people out, there's... You know, instead of just talking about it, I tell people, show me, don't tell me. And so I'll teach them what it looks like to have confident body language and what they're doing and what they're saying, how they're not setting boundaries and they're not letting people earn them and they're not gaining respect as we're talking to people. So for me, when I do the immersion, it's the best way to really like overcome some of the things that people get stuck on. Makes so much sense. Really, really does. So you work with many people on, you know, how to show up in a more powerful way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously part of that is being more confident and being able to set boundaries. That's uh, the, the boundary setting is so, so important to me. So mm-hmm. how do you start with them or how does that work? Well, you know, when, when we talk about setting boundaries, and there's a lot of people who struggle with that. You know, I, I call it the nice girl, their nice guy syndrome. You know, they really are into pleasing others, but then they find themselves in really bad patterns in their relationships at work, in the relationships at home with their loved ones, or, you know, even just their previous boyfriends or girlfriends. And what I find to be true is that they're not setting the boundaries because because really inside there's a lack of confidence and trust within themselves. So 
when I work with people, I like to look again holistically at them and look at many different areas. So one area I look at is body language. So how are you showing up in a way in your body language? Because 93% of communication is nonverbal. So especially when it comes to first impressions and meeting people and networking, what is your body language saying about you? If you look not confident, you look anxious, the way your facial expressions are, if you're looking down, your tonality, the way you shake somebody's hands, um, it could be even the way, like, how far apart you stand with a person. And it doesn't matter if it's flirting or if it's networking. It's actually all the same. It's the same skill set. So... I am kind of people's pair of eyes, right? So I'll make people aware of things that they're doing that they're not even aware of. So that's one thing I look at. The second thing I look at is wardrobe. So what, how are people showing up and what messages are you communicating with what you're putting on your body? So for instance, if you're in a, like a networking situation and you're trying to attract high end clients, if you're dressed like, I don't know if I can even swear on this podcast, but go ahead. Okay. If you can wear, if you dress like shit. So yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you think you're going to attract? Um, funny story around this. When I first was becoming an image consultant, the person who trained me, you know, I was this like mom, right? And so when I went to meet her, I got a new outfit and I was thinking I was up leveling myself. So I think I might've gotten a blazer thinking that that was somehow up leveling myself from the big moo's that I had. And so I show up in this blazer and these boots and she looks at me up and down and she's like, and you expect to get $10,000 from people showing up like this. And I was horrified, but you know what? She was right. (laughs) And so like attracts like, so whether you're trying to attract clients or a partner or, um, respect, you need to dress in that way. And so I teach people about their body type, the colors they should wear and the different styles they should wear for different occasions. The third thing that I look at is communication patterns. Like when you are showing up and you're communicating with people, how are you showing up? Are you just sitting there and being a good listener and not offering anything about yourself? Are you sharing your feelings? Are you also like expressing your thoughts and letting people know what you're thinking so that there's this more reciprocity in the way that you communicate? I find that a lot of like nice people or over caretakers tend to be really great listeners, but they don't offer a lot about themselves when they're communicating. And then finally, I would say the last area is body image. You know, if you're uncomfortable about your body and the way that you move, then you're going to show up that way. So your body language, your wardrobe, your communication patterns, all are going to be reflective in how you feel about yourself. At the end of the day, here's what I tell people. People love people who love themselves, plain and simple. And if you just keep that mantra in mind and then think of those different categories I just laid out, it all kind of falls into place in how you show up in a confident way. That makes, again, so much sense. And I, I can see where, you know, coming in there, dressed the right way with that. I mean, the confidence speaks for itself. So that's, that's enormous. Now, you, you know, you, you touched on the uh, people who are, who are nice. I have mm-hmm. to tell you that I believe that the majority of my listeners and the folks who I work with, I would really clarify them or classify them as uh, people pleasers. You know, we, the folks who tend to work with kids, you know, they're, mm. they they want to keep everybody happy. So, 
you know, the people who get accused of being too nice, you know, seem to get taken advantage of or disrespected. Um, you know, are we able to, or what are we able to do? Are there steps we can take to, without turning them into horrible people? Uh, cause that's really not the goal, but mm-hmm. how, is there something they can do? Is it, is it, does it have something to do with an air of confidence? Does it have it? How are they able to, you know, kind of demand the respect or earn the respect that they need, um, so that they actually can start to set the right boundaries so that they're not walked all over? Yeah, it's so interesting because the, the most common thing I hear of when people are like that, when they're too nice, is that they'll say to me, but if I set a boundary and if I say no, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Like I, you know, I'm very empathetic and I, I know how it feels when somebody says no to me. And so I don't want to be mean. I hear that all the time. But what people don't realize is that you're not being mean by saying no or structuring people in a way that like, makes you know, or makes the other person know that you're worth it. See, you almost devalue yourself when you're like overstep your own like needs and feelings and do something for somebody else. Um, I'll give you an example. I was working with this woman. It was interesting. And I, I was working with her exactly on this topic because she was too nice. She would not say no. She would drop everything for her friends, you know, even to her detriment, like if she was doing something important, she would, she would seriously just drop it and go. So everybody expected her from that point on to, to just, yeah, she'll, she'll be there no matter what. Oh, she'll show up. She'll help you. And she started getting really resentful of other people. It's like, why does everybody take advantage of me? Why does everybody like step all over me? I'm so nice. I'm always there. I said, but that's, That's the problem is that you're too nice. You're not seeing yourself as valuable. So you're going above and beyond and taking care of other people and not yourself. So anyway, I was teaching her this, these things about, and like you were asking about steps, teaching her to say no, um, using I statements. There's a whole formula that I teach people about, you know, stating their needs by using the, you know, this formula, taking care of herself and pampering herself when she needs to. Um, anyway, as the universe has it, she breaks her foot. (laughs) And so what does she have to do? But she has to actually now rely on some other people. Well, it was interesting because she was sitting at home, she was starving, she was getting really depressed, and this couple called her and said, you know, we would like to bring you some food. And she was just about to say, oh, no, it's okay, I'll just make myself soup, and she had me in her head. She's like, Kim's going to kill me. <laughs> I, have to, I have to accept this. Because part of also setting boundaries is being able to receive. Like when people show up for you, accept it. Don't just say, no, 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 I got it. That's an example of being too nice. So anyway, she, she accepted it. And they walked in, they gave her the dinner, and they said, you know what, thank you. Thank you for accepting this. We did not think you would accept it. Uh, we'll be honest. She goes, really? They said, yeah, you know, you kind of have this thing where you, like, we feel like you got it all, like you don't want help, like you you don't want people to give you things. And it hit her. It hit her hard. And she realized that 
you know, in that moment that she really needed to do things. And because of that, she got closer to the couple and they ended up setting her up on a date because she was single. And it was just, it provided this like vulnerability moment that she became real. See, this is the other thing I see in people who don't set boundaries is that they have a really hard time being vulnerable. They have they have this air of, you know, being perfect or they don't need anybody, right? Or they tend to be a little bit guarded with their feelings. But then other people don't see them as them having needs or that they got it all or, oh, they don't need anybody. So the responsibility is on the caretaker. If you don't like the way that people are treating you and you're growing resentment, then you got to look at how you're teaching them to treat you. So it all starts with you. And that's what's cool is that there's a lot of like little things that you can do, like saying no, using the I statement, pampering yourself so that you can start, you know, setting a precedent with people. I love this. I, I absolutely love this. You know, I, this is something that one of my uh, mentors had taught me a while ago as far as, you know, teaching people like the importance of, you know, of how much you value your schedule or you value you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which really changed a lot for me. You know, I, between my mastermind groups, between my clients with five different companies, between um, having a life, um, two kids, a wife, you know, um, <laughs> you know, everything is really scheduled for me. So, you know, when, when clients, you know, we're, we all live in this hyper-connected world, right? So mm-hmm. if I, if I didn't respect, you know, or need to respect my time for myself and or my family, I mean, I could, I, I'm pretty sure I could spend nine to 10 hours a day just answering random questions on Facebook via, mess- via messenger, you know, for free. Um, that just doesn't seem like a really good idea. And then how do you, how do you get anything done? So I love the fact that you know, what you're talking about is like being able to say no and actually being able to set a precedent. But one thing you said really, really stuck out and that was being able to receive. Mm-hmm. So is there a first step there? Like how does somebody get used to, you know, especially from people who are used to taking care of other people all mm-hmm. the time, how do we make them comfortable receiving? Yeah. You know, I tell people it, it, it really starts with small steps. Like it's first being aware when people are offering things, because what I notice about caretakers is that they're not even aware of opportunities where people show up for them. And so to really like, look at your environment, look at the people that are surrounding you, your relationships, and almost like a radio station kind of tune in to when people are offering you things. And usually they're very small and people don't even realize that it's something that is is an offering, right? So it could be like opening a door for you. It could be like, hey, can I open that can for you? Or, um, oh, you know what? Why don't you go to lunch, you know, at work? And, and I'll take, you know, the rest of the 15 minutes to finish up here. It's little things like that that actually add up. And the more you're able to say, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, actually, that would be great. And try, you know, accepting little things and see how it feels. Part of it is that because you're so used to doing everything yourself and doing things for other people, you don't even know what it's like to have things done for you. And in fact, most people say that it's uncomfortable 
They don't even like it. They feel weird. They feel like, oh my God, no, 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 it's okay. I got it. I hear that all the time. But if you just practice in these little steps and then take note of it, journal about it, how did it feel? Really get in touch with your feelings that come up for you when you accept receiving. Because nine times out of 10, over caretakers, they don't even recognize the feeling that gets attached to that because it is connected to your feelings of self-worth. So it's just have that awareness, accept those little, you know, gifts that people are offering you and then journal about it. Fabulous. One, uh, one other question on this, you know, how do you feel like setting boundaries helps with, you know, folks communication and their ability to network? Yeah. You know, um, Again, I think it's kind of along the lines that you said. It's, you know, letting people know your schedule and when somebody can get a hold of you. Um, it's, you know, when you, when you give somebody your, your card or it could be like, here, the best way to get a hold of me is don't, somebody who doesn't set boundaries, just be like, oh yeah, you can contact me whenever. I mean, call me anytime and you'll pick up or yeah, or just do everything. And, and you, you, again, you might be really busy, but then you see the number come through and you pick it up, you know? And so it's, it's also empowering yourself because when you show up with confidence and you set boundaries and you communicate directly to people in a way that um, people feel comfortable, but also respect you, then that's a powerful thing and you'll be seen as more powerful. One thing that I hear a lot is like they want, people want to learn how to like have that magnetism when they walk in a networking situation where people are listening to them and respecting them. Um, if you let people know like about that your time is valuable, how to get a hold of you, what you do and what you can't do for them. Um, but also be vulnerable, authentic, tell stories, be open with your feelings. It's that kind of combination that seems to be the magic bullet when you're networking. Huh? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. One of the, uh, one of the best lines I ever learned was, uh, letting, letting folks know, listen, here's, um, here's my number. Uh, please understand that, um, I never pick up calls that are unscheduled, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but by all means, uh, you have my number on file. Uh, best way to get in touch with me is to go straight through my assistant. She will set you up with a phone call. Um, and what not only has it cut down on unnecessary communication, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you when people, when we do get on the phone, people are already directed they, uh, they're dialed in to what we need to talk about. Um, and we also, I always put a start and an end time to a phone call. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, it's, yes, that's listen, a good one. I've got, you know, I've got four fifteen to four thirty five available. Will that work for you? And then at four thirty five, you know, I, I remember the first time I actually had to say, Oh gosh, you know, we're bumping up. Um, I have another call. I got to jump on. So, you know, we can certainly reschedule something. Um, and it was really uncomfortable initially, but I'll tell you, it, it, it's made life so much more pleasant and people respect your time because of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And you know, and then more importantly, like I respect my time more. I'm like, okay, yeah. listen, I can be a hundred percent in the moment during that 20 minute phone call versus if it's an hour, I don't want to zone out on somebody like totally ADD out. Um, I, I, and I know I, I certainly have the ability to do that. So those right. short, those short brief intervals are, are dramatically better. So, this is great. Um, all right. Do me a favor. 
how, tell me how my listeners can find out more about you. I mean, clearly you are a, a wealth of knowledge. Is there, what's, what's the best place they can, uh, they can find you online? Well, the best place is to go to my website. You can go to seltzerstyle.com and obviously easy to get in touch with me there. Also, I'm on social media, Kimberly Seltzer on Facebook and at Seltzer Kimberly on Twitter. Okay, so www.s is in Sam, E-L-T-Z-E-R-S-T-Y-L-E.com, seltzerstyle.com. Yep, yep. the best place. Perfect. All right. Um, So one question I always like to end my podcast with is this. Um, If you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or probably more importantly, help them to live a better balanced life, what would that piece of advice be? I'll leave you with this metaphor on that note, is that if you guys can all imagine that you're a pitcher of water and that you have all these other glasses to fill, and it could be a glass of your business, it could be a glass of your relationships, it could be a glass of um, your partner, whatever it is. If your pitcher is empty, what good are you going to be? You will have nothing to pour those into those other glasses. And I find that when people become imbalanced, they're dry in their pitcher and they keep trying to pour and pour and pour and it backfires. So fill yourself up. It's not selfish. It's actually necessary to actually be better for other people. I love this. This, this is fabulous. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and uh, it means the world to me that you share some of your time and a whole bunch of wisdom with us. This has been fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. I Thank you for re- respecting my time. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right, folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching and to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal. Make a plan. Work like hell towards it and achieve the success that's waiting for for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.